piece on the wide. What's up, guys? Thanks for uh, tuning into the show. This episode is with Adam Greenhood. He started AdWallet. Um, really, in this episode, we dive deep into uh, basic fundamental marketing strategies for anybody to use. Uh, no matter if you're in uh, personal branding, SaaS, really any business, we talk about philosophies and different strategies that anyone, anybody can really use right now to scale their business. The other thing we talk about is obviously just a walkthrough and progression of his company, what he did creatively to grow in each phase. Uh, so all this information is a very, very useful thing for anybody looking, obviously, to get into the marketing space and just entrepreneurship in general. So I hope you enjoy this one. through the All right, Adam, you ready to rock and roll? I am ready to rock and roll. Let's do this. All right, Adam, so just quickly here, uh, introduce yourself so we know who you are, uh, what you do, and then we can uh, go from there. Sure. Well, my name is Adam Greenhood, and uh, I'm currently the founder and CEO of a, of a new company called AdWallet, based here in Albuquerque, New Mexico, but we've now scaled all over the country. Yeah. So before I start into the main, uh, obviously, bulk of the interview, I wanted to get started off with a random question. The random question that I had for you, Adam, was your slogan, looking into your company, I thought that the slogan was actually a very, very cool and unique thing. So I wanted to ask, what was it that actually happened that made you or whoever came up with that slogan? Like, what was the story behind that? How did someone find it out? Or was it just kind of the typical, you know, this is a good saying, we should stick with it? Or was there a story behind it that's actually interesting? <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, well, it's funny. There is a good story behind that. I, I, you know, for the past 20 years, I've been in advertising and specifically I was a copywriter. So coming up with the taglines and slogans and the words, that's what I was paid to do for 20 years. So of course, when it was my company, I'm like, it better have a really good tagline, you know? Exactly. Um, but actually that's kind of how it started. I, uh, I've been thinking about this problem for a long time. And, and the problem mainly being why can't advertisers just pay people for their attention? Why do they have to pay Google and Facebook and all of these uh, publishers, exactly. frankly? Why can't we just skip all that and just buy the attention direct? Because that's really what they want. So I've been thinking about that problem for a while. And uh, actually, I was on my honeymoon. And we were in Hawaii in this beautiful condo. And uh, I was watching TV kind of in the morning. And you know, as we were getting ready for breakfast. And... Um, there was a commercial on that I can't even remember what it was about, but it was finishing with, you know, we want your attention to this. And then the commercial right after that was one of those commercials for like, hey, send us all your gold jewelry and we'll melt it down. We'll give you cash. Like we'll pay you for your jewelry. Yeah, and seen those. It just so, right. So it just so happened that I heard these words like paid attention literally on top of each other. And, um, and I kind of had this aha moment where I'm like, you know, I've been spending 20 years and about $100 million of my clients money trying to get people to pay attention. But really, you know, the play on words there is, well, you should be paid for your attention. That's actually what advertisers yeah. are spending their money for. And that was paid attention. And so I, once I had the tagline, you know, it was like, oh, now I need a company. <laughs> you know, exactly. <laughs> right. So that sounds like that was also the origin of the company as well. Is that correct? 
that it moment. Was the moment. Yeah, the problem I'd been noodling about for about a month uh, earlier, I had a few clients basically tell me that they didn't believe in advertising anymore, that they felt there was so much clutter, really? there was so much advertising uh, that people have to digest during the day, that who is really paying attention to anything. And um, so I've been really kind of questioning my entire uh, professional life for about a month <laughs> earlier. Um, what am I doing here? You know, and, uh, and yeah, when I heard those two words that sort of crystallized that I, the basic premise, you know, the, the general premise of, yeah, why are, all we do is talk about paying for attention, but we never talked about actually buying it from the source, which is people. What, what, what would it look like to do that? And frankly, that's sort of what started AdWallet, to your point, at least it started it as, all right, if I was going to buy your attention, I was going to buy Josh's attention, how do I create a mechanism or a pipeline or a tool that could actually successfully do that so it's valuable for both the advertiser, who's paying for it, as yeah. well as the end, uh, in our case, a member on AdWallet, where it's not where it's frankly a value proposition for both sides rather than what we currently mainly have outside of AdWallet, which is more of a cloak and dagger, uh, disastrous mess of wasting money. And it's not very good for advertisers and it's not very good for, 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 for customers either. So that was really kind of yeah. it. It was sort of like, what if, you know, what would it have to be? Yeah. I actually watched your, so you go to your, your homepage as a company, adwallet.com, and there's obviously a meet the founder. And the, the video was the, one of the pitches that you've done about how AdWallet works, what the problem is, the solution. And really, it was such an interesting concept. I, I watched the whole thing and took a lot of notes just based on that presentation. But for now, what we want to especially get out of you is for the younger and newer entrepreneurs, just the strategies and the creative nature that you had obviously scaling the company so that they can almost implement that as well. And then obviously talking about for my curiosity, just how everything works and, and sure. more of that nature, which obviously I was going to talk to you before, before we started recording about this thing is awesome. I, I love this concept. I've, it's, there's nothing like it I've ever seen. But Adam, the next uh, place I wanted to go was obviously uh, to start off on the right foot. Right. Is just how did you how did you get AdWallet kicked off? What was the story of you actually taking that first step into creating a business? Yeah, and I think it's a good. You know, I'm not a serial entrepreneur. I, it's funny. I'm a. I was like most people. Uh, you know, I love watching Shark Tank occasionally and um, <laughs> get it get into it. You know. And I think everyone, I honestly think everyone in the last five to 10 years, maybe because of Shark Tank, have become more interested in that idea of uh, entrepreneurship. Um, and I think there's a great saying, you hear Mark Cuban say, you know, just the sort of entrepreneurs and the entrepreneurs, everybody mm -hmm. loves the premise of being an entrepreneur. It's sexy, it's cool. But then actually getting into it, like anything, it's hard and <laughs> scary. 100%. And, you know, it's, it's 100%. All the other things, right. So, um, and I wasn't, and, and full disclosure, really for my entire life up until three years ago, I was happy being the number one employee. I was happy being like, Hey, you pay me the money. I go home without the stress. You deal with your own company. Yeah. You just pay me the money and I, I'll take less stress. I don't need to own yeah. this thing. And, and there's and then, nothing wrong with that. Nothing at, not all. at all. God, not at all. And, and, uh, so I wasn't the one selling my, you know, my, my Christmas bike to my friends when I was nine years old and like hucking, you know, like, yeah. you, know, like you hear Mark Cuban, like I have been trying to like, you know, um, sell my Christmas, you know, my, my birthday presents, you know, um, I, I really wasn't that person. But when this idea came along and the solution came along very specifically for me, it was sort of a labor of love. And it got to the point where 
uh, I, I, I was scared, obviously, to leave my cushy job at a very cushy job that I worked very hard for. Yeah. And I think it got to the point where I finally turned to my wife and she said, you know, if someone else were to try this and it work, how would that make you feel? And it was like, I would want to walk in the traffic, right? I would never forgive myself <laughs> for, right, you know, for not trying it. I could forgive myself for trying it and it failing, but I couldn't forgive myself for not even taking a swing. And I think that's the, mm -hmm. for any entrepreneur out there, that's the moment when I think you, you realize you're, you're turning from entrepreneur, like, wouldn't it be cool to have a yacht and, you know, be my own boss and all this, um, into the entrepreneur, which is like, I'm ready to basically fail. Whereas if I were to fail, I would still be okay knowing yeah. I tried rather than I could not watch someone else succeed in this exact same idea. I would, it would be too hard. And so, yeah. you know, the, the moment, you know, I know, I don't care what kind of business you're trying to start. I think that for me, I really think that's sort of the moment, you know, whatever it is. Um, yeah. You know, so, you know, yeah. Wayne Gretzky said it best, you know, you miss hundred percent, hundred percent of the shots you don't take. So True. apply that to entrepreneurship, apply that to just about anything in life. Adam, the next uh, section of, of what I wanted to ask in the same, uh, like the same type of question is what was the actual first MVP or, or what was the product like in the very beginning? Did you go and find people in the very beginning to obviously build that for you? What was that first, that first moment of scale where you actually had something and you had your first customer? Describe yep. that whole area for us here sure. in your business. Sure. And that was, that's a, that's a major moment for anybody, whatever you're doing, if you're opening a restaurant or you're creating an app or whatever, I mean, that, that first dollar is a reason why people put that up on the wall. Um, <laughs> so for me, I had a leg up, you might say, because you know, when I came up with the concept of ad wallet, all I had been doing professionally for 20 years was creating creative presentations to sell ideas. So I, I put yeah. together a, what I felt was a pretty strong PowerPoint, if you will, that showed kind of a what if, like this is what it would look like. This is what the app does. This is obviously the problem it's solving, but this is also some screenshots of how we envision the app to look like, to work. What's the user experience enough that basically anybody could look at it and go, yeah, I download that. Yeah, I do that. You know, and I think honestly, you find in the very beginning for investors, they're much more interested in that moment, which is, can I see myself, can I see, understand the problem you're solving and see myself doing that? that that's a pretty big connective dot. So we raised, I raised about um, half a million dollars fairly quickly on that first deck from friends, family, extended people, I knew, extended wealthy people, kind of private individual wealth who kind of got wind of it. And with that money, I, I spent about $75,000 of that money to create the initial MVP. And I, I had uh, worked with a software development company that I had worked with before in my professional life, creating ads and apps and things like that. So I know those guys pretty well. And basically what we wanted to create was something that, you, you know, was a legit MVP, which people could actually sign up and advertisers could use and, and members could use. And it would work. It wouldn't be designed to hold millions and millions of people, but it could hold you know, uh, 50,000 people and it could do what it needed to do at a very basic level. And so we created that first MVP in about 90 days. I, I it was pretty, wow. pretty rocket speed. Those guys, they had about four guys working on it and it, it, we created it over the summer in 2017 and launched it at the end about August, September of 2017. And I remember I had a launch party where we launched the app, right? And I invited, you know, a couple hundred people and the next day I woke up and we had, you know, 75 people had signed up. And that was it, that first 75 people, we'd have 145,000 people on that one, but that first 75 <laughs> people, that was, 
so cool. <laughs> be like, yeah. Oh my God. You know, we have yeah. 75 people. And then the first advertiser um, was actually a local business. And again, same sort of feeling came on the app, downloaded, you know, uh, put his credit card down. We processed the credit card. Suddenly they, they ran a campaign on ad wallet. I think it was for $500 and that $500 just felt better than any $50,000 ad buy we've had oh, since. Yeah. And I, and actually the, the best feeling was my former boss, the, the gentleman who owned the advertising agency that I was sort of a number two employee at about three months later, ended up running a campaign for his, my former agency on AdWall. And I still have, that was for a thousand dollars. I still have that check that from my old agency <laughs> paying my new company to run ads. Uh, that was awesome. pretty cool. Yeah, that's ironic. Yeah. yeah. So I want to break down a couple things uh, from the answer you just gave. One, uh, I'm curious about that launch party. That seems for you and your company to have been something that helped it take that next step or just move in the right direction. I guess first off, was that like a virtual event? What 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 specifically was that launch party? So we understand what it was that actually got you the users. Yeah, well, and, and I should also say that with that initial raise, that sort of half a million, five, six hundred thousand dollars, where that money went was like I said, about seventy-five went to build the MVP. Yeah, and then we spent about two hundred thousand dollars. I mean, it's a considerable amount of money to mark to sort of launch AdWall. That that party I'm talking about, that was actually a small thing. Two hundred people. It was friends, family, investors, as okay. well as we we invited the press, you know, here in New Mexico to cover it. The ad community, obviously I have a lot of connections within the advertising community, um, yeah. so they were there. But really, what and that got me the first 75 people. What got me the next 25,000 people in New Mexico was we ran a very, you know, like I said, we spent about $200,000 and we ran TV, radio, print, digital, um, outdoor <laughs> boards. I mean, you know, it was, a, it was basically a blitz for about two or three months, uh, sort of here's AdWallet. And the idea was designed to sort of, you know, it's funny in advertising, you can do it two ways. You could do sort of a slow trickle, right? You could do a little mm -hmm. bit of money for a long time, or you can kind of, uh, if you're into boxing, right? It's kind of who punch first and punch hard, you know, kind of explode. Yep. And you don't have the kind of money to explode forever, but you know, would you rather for two months explode and that's really what we did created a lot of its own buzz people around town what is what are all these outdoor boards what is ad wallet i don't understand you know and that sort of that really we went from 75 people to about twenty thousand in new mexico Jeez. within you know for two or three months um yeah and then you know within the, the app uh we encourage people to refer their friends and we pay them an extra dollar when they refer their friends so that's a pretty viral yeah. way that we grow but that was kind of it so so i would say so I, that's not necessarily the only path but but we have a direct to consume we have a consumer product and a business product where a lot of apps you know a lot of startups are not necessarily consumer facing they're they're solving problems for small businesses you know for businesses and that's, yeah you, know, you don't need outdoor boards to do that right but we're mm -hmm. very we're kind of both actually um so we had to explain what adwalt worked to the consumer so that we could have members because advertisers don't care about AdWallet unless it has beings that they can advertise to. And you also <laughs> had a two-sided marketplace. You had to explain to the advertiser, how does this work? Why should you take money out of other things you're doing and put them on AdWallet? Yeah. So with uh, trying to tie this back to uh, newer entrepreneurs wanting to do the same thing, um, if they are wanting to do a blitz model, obviously get things kicked off 
uh, as fast as possible. How you did it obviously is a very good route, but minusing having a, a high amount of capital, what would you recommend that these people can do if they want that quick, that quick hitter uh, marketing tactic that'll get that amount of people into their email list, into, you know, a, a sign up list of some sort on an app, whatever it might be. What for you, I know it's kind of, it's a complicated question, but how would you recommend them to do something similar uh, without having a, a whole lot of resources? What are sure. just some points you would touch on there if someone were to ask you that? Sure. Um, you know, when you don't have the resources and, and everyone could always use more resources, right? So I spent 200,000, exactly. I wish I had 2 million. Um, <laughs> you know, going back to being a creative in advertising was really what I did for 20 years was sort of trying to solve this problem. The two number, the number two things you can do is be bold and be sticky, right? So when you're mm -hmm. creating marketing for your, whatever you're trying to market, don't, play in the kiddie pool, you know, to back to the reason why I started AdWalk was there is so much competition for attention there, you know, remember how little you're actually paying attention to most things during the day, especially ads. Yeah. What would you have to do to create something that created a, a so much of a stir that you had to pay attention to it. So don't play in the middle when it comes to sort of creating your marketing, play way out on the edge, play way over your skis, basically play the extremes, almost play way to the extremes, right? Because people, that's sort of what people pay attention. That's almost yeah. the only thing that will cut through the clutter. So don't sort of be tactical, be big and be play over your skis, whatever your message is, make it the most bold possible that's still relevant to what you're trying to do. And on the same side, you don't want it to be sticky. So for example, in my old life as an ad creative director, we do a lot of events, meaning they'd be like stunts, you know, because if you do something remarkable, like a stunt downtown, Again, be relevant, right? Just don't do a stunt just to do a stunt, but that it, it, it truly um, have a purpose. Exactly, it's truly backed in the relevance of what is this thing. The press will come free. You know, there's nothing better than um, you know free attention. You know, uh, so mm -hmm. when the news picks you up, especially the news, because when the news picks you up, you're able to use obviously those bits of video in your own promotion of your own LinkedIn channel and your exactly. own social media channel and all those things. That. And it, it, that's almost gold better because it's been washed, not through you. Because now a news channel has said, this is something super cool that people should pay attention to. Not you are saying it's something cool that someone said, you know, you, the owner of the company, please, this is the yeah. coolest thing ever. It's a third party. So anything you can do to kind of create um, something that you think the news will cover, especially when you have a whole lot of money, there's, I mean, you're, you're going to get, you know, a hundred X on basically um, whatever it costs to do that event. So for example, instead of spending $200,000 on paid media, I could have spent you know, $20,000, $15,000, $20,000 and done some remarkable stunt, like, you know, setting an outdoor board on fire and saying, it's time for the revolution and stop this crap. It's time for you to pay us. <laughs> you know, like, you know, right. And that would have been covered. It would have been viral. I think I'm going to do that. I think it's a great idea. Now that I say it, um, but something that creates coverage, um, so don't, but, but the most important thing is don't play in the middle. You don't have enough money. Mm -hmm. You can waste a lot of money playing in the middle. <laughs> yeah. um, go be bold. Yeah. So this is uh, an obvious digression, but because of your background of what you've done, I feel like you would have a very good answer to this. TikTok. TikTok is a huge thing for obvious new, obviously new up and coming brands really at the end of the day, just engagement. So for a business, let's say, for example, 
any type of business that might not be like a YouTube channel, a personal brand, an actual business that does SaaS or is a B2B, how could they use like TikTok to almost leverage the amount of awareness they have and the amount of traffic they're getting and eventually to increase their revenue? What, what would you say about that space, TikTok? for those people TikTok is you know TikTok is interesting TikTok if in case unless you've noticed uh, especially in the last three weeks just opened an ad platform right there and that's how these social media start it's like okay we created this cool party everybody's having fun you know Facebook was the initial yep. one and then we got Instagram and we got snap and we got but they, they basically the idea is let's create a cool party where everybody's enjoying sharing their own videos and you know, but there's no money in it. You know, Frank exactly. Snap, you know, no money. So that can only go on so long until those investors are like, all right, you know, party's over. We got to, we got to figure out how we can make money doing this object. You know, it's expensive mm -hmm. to run it. And TikTok is definitely at that moment, right? That sort of zeitgeist in their, their uh, company's history. And so you're definitely starting to see, I see ads all day on Instagram and on LinkedIn, basically promoting, Hey, take your small business and use TikTok. You know, here's, I think they're giving away like 300 bucks or something for your first uh, ad test on TikTok. Wow. It's tricky. So TikTok, and this is TikTok trying to grow up and be a big boy, right? Saying, okay, mm -hmm. A, to your point, it's not just for the kids. If you got some sort of uh, SaaS model of software, you know, that's going to help me, you know, be better at accounting for my small business, whatever that don't dismiss TikTok as a way of exactly. communicating that. I think TikTok's got a little further to go. I still think TikTok is in that zone where Facebook was after a few years. We were like, ah, oh, it's for the kids. Don't You're not going to convince me that I can do real business. It's All I'm seeing is my 16-year-old dancing on it. There's no real business exactly. to be done there. It's not that it isn't popular, but it's to advertise KitKat, not you know, software for accounting, you know, um, I would say, you know, and so I would, so I wouldn't totally dismiss it, but I'd say that it still has to prove that it can really connect that dot. Um, I will say, Hey, it's hard to argue in one third of America, what do they got? Uh, something like a hundred million people have a, there are 80 million you know, people, uh, Americans have a TikTok account. How active are they? Is my 14 year old daughter far more active than me? Yeah, of course. I do again, think it's a cool space though for breakout. So think about it this yeah. way. Like, yeah, you wouldn't necessarily think that the best way to promote ocean spray cranberry juice would be TikTok, but apparently <laughs> yeah. some dude, right, you know, on a skateboard. It's amazing. Know, it's amazing. Ocean spray, uh, that's, that's <laughs> selling out as well as Fleetwood Mac, which my daughter, who's 14 years old, just found out about. You know, it's all it's amazing. <laughs> so there is lightning in a bottle. And I think though. TikTok is still where that the bottle exists, frankly, but you got to fill it with lightning. And that's pretty tricky. Um, you know, that's still, that's a yeah. tall order. Yeah. There's uh, I just looked up the users and it's 80 million approximately. 80 million. So, right. I mean, that's quite a bit. So I want to bring, uh, bring us back to obviously the story of ad wallet. I wanted to touch on the people though, and how exactly you got, um, the people that are working with you now to obviously get to that point. So rewinding back to the beginning of obviously when you were starting to get capital, who was with you? How many people were with you? And, and what was the story of trying to, you know, aggrandize these people into this idea that you had? Tell us about that. So we know what it was like. Sure. So in the beginning, I don't care what business it is in the beginning, you're going to have to find folks that have that same sort of passion that you have because it's going to be you in a room, you know, like there's not going to be some cool office and, you know, 
And especially if exactly. you're trying to get good people, you got to woo them away from already good jobs that they've worked very hard to get. You're not going to compete with their benefits. You are not going to compete with the money they make. You're not going to compete with almost anything they, they currently have. Um, unless you just happen to be, you know, two 22 year old kids in a garage and neither of you have anything. Um, in my case, that wasn't the case. Um, so you have to sell them on, you know, it's, it's interesting. I gave the same pitch to people to work for AdWallet initially and still do uh, as I did to investors. It's the same pitch, right? Because it's, it's about, can you, you know, uh, what's the revolution here? And, and very specifically, I was looking for people who had the same, who were aligned the same way I was with the problem. So, so to unpackage that a little bit, my first hire, my first two hires were people who had been in advertising for 20 years. They were salespeople. They had sold almost every type of radio, TV, print. They'd sold all this mm -hmm. stuff. And my pitch to them was, you know, you're full of shit. You, you, you know that you know that when you're looking across at a client, you don't fully believe that when they give you their money, you're going to be able, you know, they run an ad in this magazine or run an ad on TV, yeah. that they're necessarily going to see the results they expect because you know that you don't know how many people are watching TV. And yes, people listen to the radio, but I don't know how many people care about the dumb ad that are running, you know. Um, mm -hmm. And I pretty much pitched it that way, which is the ads are always the interruption. And so wouldn't you like to sell something that solves that conundrum? And so they had to basically bite off on it's, I want to work for a company where I can look at my client and, and tell them legitimately, I have a better mousetrap than any mousetrap you've ever seen. And that goes for you know, SaaS, pro, that goes for anything you're going to work with on a uh, entrepreneurial level is everyone in the beginning, they had really better believe the Kool-Aid that we've got something here that is better than anything else out there. And that's why we're here. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, hopefully 18 months from now, sales will demonstrate that we do have something that's better than anything out there. And exactly. we'll, you know, we'll actually get an office with chairs and, you know, we'll get t-shirts <laughs> and it'll be awesome. <laughs> so Adam, I want to, I want to ask uh, with what you're saying, being uh, bold and sticky with how you started marketing in the beginning, does that also go along with pitching to people to get investors to sales to HR? You would say you would agree to that as being bold in the beginning helps grow and, and, and basically grow the idea, grow the company. Is that true? Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I think that we don't live in a world anywhere where there's room for sort of wishy-washy. You are either great or it's, you know, one of the, Steve Jobs had a great saying, many of them, but one of them that I really like the best, which is you have to validate sort of why should this thing exist? And when you think about yeah. your, your company that you're starting in terms of that, like that really does put a little, you know, it really does kind of fine tune the the edge of the razor there, which is like, oh no, yeah. it could exist. It's not that it's hurting anyone, but like, does it deserve to exist? Is there, it, you know, is it truly adding to the value of planet <laughs> by putting this out there? Is it solving truly a problem people need it to solve? And um, so, so to your point, yeah. And it, it, that passion is felt by investors because think about it. Yes. In the beginning, mm -hmm. when you're raising a series B or a series C and you're raising $50 million or a hundred million, that stuff is more math, right? It's like, well, we saw the sales and we see the growth and we, this is a math equation. In the beginning, when yeah. you're trying to raise your, your first dollar, and I would say all the way up to your, till your series A, even your series A, that's still like, I don't know, man, I just got in the room with that person and they, I just, I'm a believer, right? There it isn't necessarily that there's the sales, there's no math behind. I believe the math will work if if it gets to, but I truly believe we're on a crusade here. I'm putting my money behind something that I feel like I, 
I, I just believe in. And they need to feel that from the founder. They need to feel that from everyone that, they, that works for us. I also would say that um, this has come up a lot in my three-year journey, which has been, they like the, ugh, investors tend to really like it when the person who's solving the problem that they're going to invest in comes from the problem. Meaning yeah. the fact that I was in advertising for 20 years, then decided to do this because basically I identified that advertising is stunningly broken and I'm sort of the disavowed creative director that's willing to actually tell yeah. you the truth. Like that goes yeah. down really easy. It's like an accountant saying, you know, the accounting systems use are totally crazy. It's like, yeah. Actually, yeah. you know, oh, well, it's from an accountant. You know, it's not like, you know, my cousin who runs a car wash decided that, you know, so your story aligning with the problem that you're solving, I think that's the, the best case scenario. And if you aren't necessarily from the industry, figure out a way where that story that you're telling, whether it's a new hire or it's a new investor or it's your wife or husband when you're trying to beg them to let you do this, that, that truly aligns with, you know, aligns with why you, why should you solve this particular problem for the world? Exactly. Exactly. You know, what you said uh, a little earlier, you remind me of uh, Ethan Hunt. If you've seen Mission Impossible, you're that rogue agent that is going away from kind of the standards that are set in place of, you know, international security and whatnot. But right. it's relative. You know, I thought it was yeah. funny when I thought of it. But I wanted yeah, to totally. move on. Uh, if you want to compare me ever to Tom Cruise, you just go right ahead. You just knock yourself out. I oh, I willingly <laughs> will do. <laughs> I know. I look, I, we have very similar look. It's a very, very. It's definitely a similar chin line. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. But Adam, I wanted to move more to the present time with AdWallet. Uh, the first question I feel like to get into this in particular is after you had gotten the first couple of businesses to use AdWallet to run campaigns, what were you doing at that point to progress getting more people into that system? What plans did you have in place to go and pitch and you know have these people come onto AdWall and advertise that way rather not the conventional way. What was that strategy and what did that process look like? Um, we definitely, when it came to getting more advertisers, took the strategy of, again, bold and sticky. I And I think you saw one of the videos. We, we basically spent a lot of money um, sponsoring, uh, becoming lead sponsors, frankly, at where these advertisers go. And so there's a, uh, in the case of advertisers, there's ad age and ad week, as well as media posts. These are kind of the publications that are sort of the trade publications, if you will, for the ad community. And they, these companies have these, uh, these events every two or three months at very exotic locations. And what I realized very early on was I didn't want to sponsor an event where I could just put my logo up or my table out, or they'd give me a logo and a placement in the magazine. And it really didn't make sense. I needed, I needed an opportunity to be able to have a half an hour, frankly, 20 or 30 minutes to explain the story, sort of the origin story of AdWallet and what it really is because it's so different. So we, I went to one of those events. I don't know which video you, you had seen, but I've done about 10 of them. And they're very expensive. Literally, it, it cost us probably about $25,000 for 25 minutes yeah. on stage. And, but, and the people in the audience, so there's a couple hundred people in the audience, but they were the, you know, who's who of advertising. They, you know, they were, yeah. and, and we basically did the math saying, yeah, we're paying a lot of money for this, but one or two of these people say yes after I get off the stage that they want to try this more than pays for this investment yeah, um, in, in many ways, right? 
So again, go higher up the tree. We could have easily said, yeah, it's $25,000. How about we just run, you know, you know, $500 Facebook ads to targeted ad people. Okay. You know, and, and it's just, it's almost feels like skipping off the atmosphere. Um, when you're mm-hmm. in a startup, you need to sort of, uh, you need to figure out a way not to skip off the atmosphere and that that's a quick way to do it. So for us, and of course the, the, ironically, the event would hate it. Well, they didn't hate it, but they cringe every time I get up on stage and say, yeah, well, I'm, I, I run a company that basically, you know, allows you to buy attention of your number one customer. And um, I'm doing the same thing here. I paid $25,000 to stand in front of my customers, you 200 of you people. And I, I identified yeah. that $25,000 for 20 minutes isn't actually a good trade for your specific attention. AdWall does the same thing, but does it for, you know, a buck a person. So, yeah. you know, trying to connect that and they would lean into that, right? That, you know, um, so again, wherever you're telling that story, trying to tell it in a way where the audience that you're talking to can instantly sort of a be very disarmed to your point sort of that ethan hunt feeling like oh we're getting an insider right we've got an in, we've got exactly. a disavowed person from behind the cloak who's gonna exactly. finally tell us what we really already thought anyway but we want to hear him say it <laughs> exactly <laughs> like, <"This is> crap. <laughs> um so that's it's very um you you connect with people very quickly there. And after, if you can do that in the first couple minutes, you have them at hello, right? Then they're like, okay, now I'm really listening. We're through the, we're through the, the veiled sort of show. And now we're really going to hear the truth. And that's all people really want to hear is I'm, you know, whatever you're selling, may it be the truth. True. You know, first impressions really do mean a lot. I feel like, so that's something that a lot of people should try to learn and, and get down so that, the rest of the way uh, they're in control of the conversation, either in business or in any kind of relationship, whatever it might be. But Adam, I want to get down uh, to the nitty gritties on this one in particular, because I feel like for any entrepreneur getting into uh, software, the, the market of software, any sort of bigger business type of, you know, whatever you might call it of creation, you, they have to go to other CEOs and, and pitch their idea if they want them to work with you on your business or just be a client. So with getting these types of opportunities, how specifically did you get yours? Were you working yourself to solidify these uh, 25 minute events? Did you have a team help you find these? What specifically was that process to get these meetings to uh, acquire clients? What did that look like when you were, when you were going through that? Yeah. So I was lucky, uh, you know, my first couple of hires were a sales team. It's a bigger team now, but it was a team, me and them. So they would handle more local sales, you know, more sort of, uh, I'd say sort of more hand-to-hand combat in connecting with, you know, local advertisers about AdWallet and how it can be used Yeah. for this higher level stuff. Um, again, I had the advantage of coming from this industry. So I knew already sort of the publications. I knew the people that I wanted to connect with. But I'll tell you, when I found, there were a few different publications, that, like I mentioned, Media Post is the one that we ended up having a huge relationship with. Ad Age and, uh, is another huge one that we tried a couple things with and didn't like. But really, I, I did find to your point that in, certainly in the beginning, it's got to come from the top. So the events that we did in trying to get these super high level clients, it had to be me on stage. It had to be me following up. It had to be, and, and uh, it, people do come, you know, we, we're all like this, right? You might actually get a better, more information from frankly, 
one of my, you know, my VP of sales about Adblock. It would be more accurate. It'd be more, you know, she'll be more prompt about it. Yeah. But, but, you know, but if it's like, oh, but I get to meet with the CEO, oh, you know, like, I, you know, I feel, you know, that someone feels more important that they're meeting with someone more important. There is that psychology to that. And so there will be times, frankly, my VP of sales would say, hey, I really need you to email this person. They need to see that it's the CEO, you know, leading, you know, even if it's just saying, saying hi, or, hey, if our client had a problem or didn't get the results they wanted from AdWallet, it would be me to go like, Hey, I heard that, you know, then things didn't work out. Let's try it again. Let's do this. And it would go over so much more powerfully than, um, than the salesperson doing. So, yeah. you know, in the beginning, you can't be a thousand places at once, but I will say that, you know, um, especially at the startup, as much as you can possibly give on the, if you're the CEO or the founder in the beginning, uh, to connect those initial, uh, to sort of nurture those initial clients, that's really important, even though you've got a thousand other things to do. They, because, and, and here's the other thing to remember, those clients, when they work with other companies, not yours, aren't gonna be meeting with the CEO, right? Those companies are already established, big, you know, they're gonna meet with the mid-level salespeople and that's fine. So that's sort of the advantage you have over them too, which is you're gonna kind of yeah. make them feel like a big deal because to you, they are. <laughs> exactly. Um, but, you know, they are, they should feel very, very, you know, nurtured and um, cultivated. And because it pays off in spades. If they have a great experience, they tell two or three people, they come back. But, you know, what you're really trying to do is get people to use it again. You know, it's anybody will give it, you know, give something to swing once. It's really, okay, I gave, I took a bite of the apple. I like the apple. I came back for more. And that's, um, boy, you know, but getting, getting that first bite of the apple, it's definitely on the CEO. So for us, again, it was, let's do fewer events. But the events that we do, let's make them super big. And when we do them, we're not going to be the mid-level sponsor. We're not going to have a table in the back. We're not going to, we're going to, we're going to be a keynote sponsor and we're going to pay the penny to do it. The other interesting thing about these events was they were over a few days. And so I would always try to work to get my presentation in on the first day, have everybody see it, go, wow, that sounds really cool. And then for the next two days, I'd be taking these guys to dinner, playing golf, talking, sitting next to them at breakfast yeah. and really allowing that next two days to really just, all right, you saw what we do now, you know, we can be friends. And by the end, it'd be like, Hey, you know, usually it'd be like, Hey, your thing sounds really cool. I want to give it, you know, I want to give it a swing, you know, let's do it. It's so like, cool. Yeah. So sort of bigger and go big again, big and sticky uh, rather than, exactly. okay, we're going to do a, you know, 10 times as many sponsorships, but they're going to be little, little, little things. It's like, nobody saw your little thing. Yeah. So you get yeah. a thousand. So Adam, what I want to ask now, just to understand more of what AdWallet does and how it functions uh, day to day sure. now, how uh, specifically, <clears throat> if you feel comfortable in answering this question, just the business model and how it makes money from the advertisers that actually do advertising or um, does it come from, you know, the people that are watching the ads, like right. how specifically does it actually uh, make money and how did you figure out that sort of business model? Sure. Well, that's, that was kind of key, right? You know, like you can have this cool story, but you know, an investor's going to be like, cool. <laughs> how does it make money? hundred um, percent. And I'm, and, and I'm, it's actually how AdWallet makes money is, is very, very, very transparent. It's transparent to the member. So, so if you sign up for AdWallet as a consumer, just as anyone can have an AdWallet account, it's free. 
and you're basically signing up and the ad wallet basically says, look, if you want, if you want uh, Nissan to pay you instead of pay television and radio and Google and Facebook, what they're going to pay to try to run an ad to you, if you want them to run an ad directly to you, the first thing you're going to need to know is who are you, right? That what information are you willing to reveal to advertisers on ad wallet? knowing that it's not going to be shared, but it's your information. How old are you? What, where, how much money do you make? Where do you live? What do you like? What do you not like? And this becomes sort of, you take a, uh, uh, basically a survey in the beginning where it becomes your sort of digital yeah. fingerprint of here's Josh and here's who he is and here's who he isn't. Do not send Josh tampon ads. Do not send him ads, send him ads for things he cares about. So the member comes on, puts that information in, the advertisers uh, then come on to AdWallet and say, all right, I'm looking for a you know, 28-year-old guy who's outdoorsy and loves snowboarding. We're Burton. You know? Cool. So they put in that information and AdWallet spits out, all right, of all the members, there's 200, you know, there's, there's like 22,907 you know, men over the age of 25 who are snowboarders on AdWallet. Cool. Yeah. So uh, basically they put on their, they, they, put, they can uh, pay a credit card or uh, just an invoice where Burton, let's just go ahead with Burton as an, as an example. They're like, okay, there's, there's whatever, 3000 men like that. We'll give AdWallet $3,000. So they give us $3,000 to, to basically cover the amount of ads that we're going to send out to those 3000 guys who love snowboarding. So Burton writes us a check for $3,000. We keep, we take 1500 of it out. We basically keep about 50% for ourselves. And the other $1,500 goes into an escrow account. Because when Burton then sends that ad to you and you're going to get a text on your phone that says there's an ad in your ad wallet, you open up your ad wallet, you're going to watch up to a minute and a half uh, video from Burton about their new snowboards. And once you watch that video, answer a question about it to prove you paid attention to it. You can download an offer for a new snowboard. Uh, you can rate the video, which tells Burton whether or not they like that commercial or they should run another commercial. Um, and then you're automatically going to be taken to Burton's website where of course you can go buy a snowboard and they can retarget yeah. you for doing all that, which takes about a minute and a half. You're going to get paid anywhere from 50 cents to $3 ad wallet, whatever you get paid, ad wallet got paid. So in that case, yeah. if you got paid 50 cents, ad wallet got paid 50 cents and we charge Burton a dollar. And that's mm -hmm. how we make money. Basically every time someone on ad wallet engages in an ad, we make anywhere from 50 to 75% of that engagement. The other engagements you can do on AdWallet is you can choose to reveal your verified email directly to Burton for an extra dollar. You can reveal your verified cell phone number to Burton for an extra $2. And of course, all of those engagements, we made $2 and $1 on as well. And that's, that's yeah. really how we make money. You know, we, we run surveys as well. So Burton might say, hey, I want to talk to 200 snowboarding guys who uh, you know, I'm going to ask them a 20 question survey about what they want in their new board. We charge for that. We pay you and we pay ourselves, of course. So we're really just, a, think of us as a pipe. We're just a middleman connect. We're like Uber, right? We connected Burton directly to the snowboarder and we took a cut uh, for that engagement. Yeah, that's cool. So Adam, because we are running out of time here, I wanted to ask two last questions for you here. One, uh, that I think will expose just obviously a little bit of your creative nature and how you went about uh, scaling uh, when you didn't have everything in the world to work off of. And that question is simply just in your business ad wallet, what was that one thing that you feel like that one situation you feel like was the most creative situation that you went through to 
move the company without, you know, having it all laid out in a, in a huge plan? Like what was that one thing, that split second thing that you did, you know, you pulled together some specific things and it all worked out and the company moved forward. Tell us about one of those experiences that you had for us. Oh, wow. That's crazy. It's funny as a CEO, you tend to, you don't remember your wins. You remember all your losses. I can tell you all the times I pulled <laughs> stuff together. It didn't work. <laughs> right? yeah. like, oh, don't ever do that again. You remember those a lot <laughs> more. It yeah. was an epic failure. <laughs> right? um, it's funny because you really learn from those, right? Like, in fact, I'll tell you one of those. Cause I think sometimes you learn from the mistakes more than you learn from the, the wins. Um, oh, very much. You so. don't mind. Yeah. Biggest mistake we made. There is a, and we were very excited about this. I mean, we thought this was brilliant and it was an epic, epic failure. We uh, thought that, you know, we wanted to get more people to sign up for AdWallet and we were able to get folks to sign up for AdWallet for about $2. You know, we use Google or Facebook digital anywhere from two to $3 is really what our CAC tends to be, which is yeah. pretty good, right? That's low. We're giving away free money, right? It's a pretty easy sell <laughs> um, to sign up for AdWallet. So we had the, got it in our head that there in New Mexico, the University of New Mexico was playing the, the uh, University of New Mexico State in this huge, you know, basketball is a big deal here in New Mexico. And the pit, our basketball arena for UNM is one of the biggest arenas actually in the country for, for college basketball. Holds about 18,000 people. And because these are the two big colleges here, Every year it sells out. It's, an, it's, a, it's a sellout game. 18,000 people are going to be sitting in the pit cheering basketball. And we decided to sponsor that game for a pretty penny. And as part of our sponsorship, we needed to, we decided, um, we begged to allow them to uh, allow us to put little cards on every single chair in the pit where people, when they came in to watch the basketball game, could pick up the card. It talked about AdWallet, how easy it was to sign up and go ahead and sign up. And I, I'm telling you, with me, and we got 20 of my friends, it took three hours. We have pictures of us in the pit, like 18,000 of these cards, one on every <laughs> single. We had to pay for the cards. We had to pay for, I mean, it was expensive. The game start, right? Everybody files in. We're so excited, right? We're like, oh, they're going to pick up the card. They're going to be like, we give away free money. Sign up right here. Cool. Two things we forgot to sort of take into account. We got, of 18,000 cards we put on table, uh, uh, chairs, we got 34 signups. Right. So like epic, shocking, remarkable failure. And we knew that they were signing up because there was a code on the card. We forgot two things. One, when people come into a basketball game like that, revved up to go watch basketball, they literally picked the card up off the chair and like threw it down and sat down and got ready for the game. Right. They, they wasn't like, they weren't in an environment to sort of sign up for an app of any kind. It was, I'm here mm -hmm. to like put my soda down. It's super loud and sign up for, and you know, watch basketball game. Number two, we also forgot to ask if there was Wi-Fi in the stadium, which there wasn't. So anybody Jeez. who was signing up <laughs> you know, couldn't, you know, because, right, the Wi-Fi was so cruddy in the stadium, you mm -hmm. know, people would try to sign up and basically without Wi-Fi on your phone, it's pretty hard to download an app, especially when there's 18,000 people yelling and the basketball game starting. So that, again, like road, you know, path, to, you know, uh, road to hell is paid by good intentions, right? It seems so smart. It ended up being a shocking failure. Um, so as an entrepreneur, I guess what you should take from that is really, really think about when you're about to spend money on marketing. Okay, not only does it sound cool, there's a bunch of people there, but is this a relevant position for us? Are we talking to the right people? And most importantly, imagine 
imagine that they really don't want to do what you want them to do. <laughs> you know, they don't not want to pay attention to what you want them to pay attention to. Yeah. How many obstacles are in their way? And in this case, there were just frankly too many obstacles for them to do what we were asking them to do. It was our fault. Totally. Yeah. Those, that was a very good lesson. I think that you should think about what like they, they really don't want to do what you have for them in the very beginning. No. That's how they're coming to you. That's how you're starting out. I think that's a perfect way to get started, not just with specifically, you know, how you were advertising, but really anything can be thought of that way. And I think it would work very well. Um, but Adam, that is everything that I had here for you. Uh, if you want to just shoot out any links to where we can find you, uh, sure. we can say goodbye after that. Sure, sure. I'm on LinkedIn, just Adam Greenhood. You can search me there. Greenhood, not wood, um, like Robin Hood, if you will. Um, or go ahead and email me. I'm, I'm pretty good at responding. I've, I've been on the other side of it, you know, when you're trying to get a hold of people when you're just starting and, um, and, and, and it can be hard. They, they won't respond to you. But my email is just adam at adwallet.com. You can go ahead and email me right there and I'll do my best to get back to you as soon as I possibly can because it's a – I'm still learning, right? I'm three years in and I'm still, yeah. there are days I wake up going, I'm the smartest person in the world. And others I wake up going, I have done, what have I done with my life? This was a total <laughs> mistake. Um, <laughs> and I'm happy to share both, both sides with anybody. Yeah. Yeah. So guys, Adam Greenhood on uh, LinkedIn or uh, Tom Cruise obviously will work sure. as well. Right. Um, email is also open. I can link this stuff um, in the show notes. So but going along with what you said, I think the collaboration um, atmosphere of entrepreneurship is something that people have to obviously do. And it, it just helps everyone so well based on what I've seen. Um, but yeah, those are the, just the last thoughts. Adam, I want to thank you so much for coming on the show, man. It was uh, definitely a pleasure for me. My pleasure for me too. You know, like I said, I love hearing myself talk, but I love what you're doing. I think uh, creating a, an opportunity for entrepreneurs to learn. Um, and it's funny, I think seasoned entrepreneurs should listen to shows like these too, because there's always nuggets, uh, you know, you can always learn from someone's journey, uh, like I said, from the, certainly from the wins as well as from mm -hmm. the mistakes. And um, exactly. I, I wish that you were doing your show three years ago, probably, maybe you were, but I didn't find it three years ago. So, <laughs> um, you know, keep up. It's great. Yeah. Unfortunately, it was just about a year ago, a couple more, a okay. couple more months than a year, but all right, Adam, thank you so much, man. Take care, Josh. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. Special and present of the fighters. Guys, I really hope that you uh, enjoyed this episode with Adam. Um, there are obviously good links that he sent out to get in touch with him and to connect with him. So visit the show notes to obviously uh, act upon those uh, different links and contact points for him. Uh, don't forget to obviously subscribe, rate, and review the show. It really helps. Uh, with me growing and reaching more people that can benefit from this. A share also goes a very, very long way in any sort of group that you are in or just word of mouth. So with all that being said, I will see you guys on the next episode.